Welcome to the Elliott Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliott here with Aaron Elliott. And Aiden Elliott, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, you know, it's been three weeks since our last podcast. I feel like I'm at confession, you know. <laughs> I, we haven't done a podcast. And I think it's important that we explain why we haven't done a podcast. But before we do that, this week's question, which is, what is the biggest climate shock that you've ever had when you've traveled? So going from like summer to winter or from rainy to dry? The reason I'm asking is that uh, we went from basically from the Antarctic to the middle of blasting summer uh, here in um, Western Australia. So I want to hear your story about climate change, um, the sudden kind, not the gradual kind. <laughs> so um, yeah, we, we actually have had a very interesting transition to Perth. It started with um, you know getting over 13 hours of jet lag, and then and then what happened? <laughs> well, I mean, we had a little bit of a slow start here in Western Australia, so we got over the jet lag, and then we got sick. Yeah, we all got sick. And also, we realized that our place had no air conditioning in the middle of summer. Well, yeah, that we we were in a rental that didn't have air conditioning. We thought it did. It came, you know, in the description, it came with it, but then realized it didn't. It had one wall unit that was broken. And it had a portable unit too that didn't work. That, yeah, that was um, an air displacer for ventilation. It was not an air conditioner, so it did not cool air. It actually made the air more humid, which yeah. actually made it warmer in here. And we had two heat waves that came through Western Australia in January and then early February, and the temperatures were uh, above 100 degrees on some days. So we were sitting here just trying to stay cool, but you know, it was very difficult. So needless to say, we were distracted. But we finally got out, and uh, let's talk about the things that we've done, because Western Australia, it's not a boring place necessarily. Although it can be, <laughs> it can be. We were in the suburbs in a, a little town called Dianella, which is roughly 20 minutes north of the Central Business District. So, um, Aiden, what's Dianella like? Can you just kind of describe it? It's a suburb, Yeah. first of all. I mean, we met with the, the PR people here. They said, wow, you're way out in I the said, birds. How did you end up here? How did you end up there? Yeah, right. And um, it's not actually that far away from everything. It has its own thing, really. So it is far away from CBD. It's about a 15-minute drive. CBD Central Business District. Central oh, Business District. We're not District. talking about uh, the, the uh, international herb here. And, uh, yeah. And it's about a 15-minute walk from Morley, which is a bit of a shopping district. Uh, yeah, they have kind of an older mall that opened in, in yeah. 1984. I looked it up. Yeah, and so we, we walk there very frequently, but it's it's not CBD. It's just a small little shopping area. Yeah. And it's a nice area, but it is definitely out there. And I actually think most people, when they come here, they're going to probably end up here because of how expensive it is well, for yeah. Frontier. You're absolutely right. In it, the entirety of Perth. It's very expensive, yeah. Um, well, we were here because we looked at a map and we thought, oh, we could easily walk downtown, but you can't walk downtown. And... It's not a very pedestrian-friendly area either. In no. fact, we learned, Aaron and I were out walking, we learned that pedestrians do not have the right-of-way here. When you're crossing the street, you get out of the way of the cars. 
Yeah, I actually remember, I kept telling you guys, wait, please. Yes. Wait. Because I had some initial poor experiences with the uh, motor vehicles here. And so I searched up some information and uh, talked with an Australian friend of mine. And basically, the cars will run into you if you get in their way. Yeah. No, yeah. they they won't care. They will just because the thing is is you know obviously if they see you and they're close, they're gonna try to not run into you. But I think that honestly, if you do, it will be so unexpected to them because they're so used to having no people one, get out of their way. Yeah, having people get out of the way yeah. that they will accidentally run into you more likely than anywhere else because here. They just keep going. Unless there's an explicit sign saying, you need to stop for pedestrians, you need to go. I remember when we were at the traffic circle, um, you guys kept going a lot. And I said, guys, they are not going to stop for you. Keep going. Yeah. And uh, lo and What's behold, like Croatia. Croatia, yeah. they did the same thing. Except in Croatia, it was worse because cars and motorcycles were driving on the sidewalk yeah. there. Our first real uh, adventure here was going to a place called Rottnest Island to visit some marsupials. Aaron, tell us about the quokkas, please. So let me set this up to you. So there's an island west of Perth, basically. It's about a 30-minute ferry ride, and you can get there by going uh, the Port Fremantle. And it's like a little resort town sort of place. It's really interesting. They have um, sort of a very unique marsupial species called the quokka. And they're so adorable. But, you know, when you go there during the day, you don't get to see all the quokkas because they're semi-nocturnal. They like to sleep in the afternoon. And the afternoon also happens to be when, you know, most people are there. But... If you go there at night, then you can see all of the quokkas because they wake up and they're quite vicious. They'll actually try vicious? to attack. Yeah, they'll, they'll try to come after you if you're like riding a bike. So there are no actual vehicles allowed on that. No motorized vehicles except for like the sanctioned buses and whatnot. So, so well, quokkas uh, are, they look like mice, but they're really marsupials. And they yeah, are very friendly. They're a bit bigger than mice. They are quite a bit bigger than rats even. Um, but, they, but most people think they're rats, and that's why the place is called Rotnest. Yeah, because the Dutch sailor that came there thought it was a rat's nest. So in any case, a really cool place. If you get the chance and you want to see some marsupials in the wild, well, we had one other marsupial experience. We'll talk about that later. Um, definitely go to Rottnest Island. Yeah. You're guaranteed to see quokkas. And they have some more urbanized quokkas that are, you know, they like uh, the bakeries. <laughs> they do. Those are the tame quokkas, the ones that hang out at the bakery. And uh, they, they actually are more active even during the day because they're used to getting fed by people. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what did you think of Perth uh, and Fremantle? Those are two places that we toured. Yeah, so Fremantle is really nice. It's like a little hippie town. It's a place, you know, outside of uh, Perth. I mean, it's about 30 minutes by train. So they've got trains going from Perth to Fremantle and whatnot. And when I'm talking about Perth, I'm talking about the central business district, right? Yeah, because Perth itself is very sprawling. Yeah. So when you get to Fremantle, you've got that ferry port that'll take you to Routness. And then you have the downtown. 
So the entirety of Fremantle is like only a 10 minute walk in total diameter. So it's only, it'll take you at most 10 minutes to get from one part of Fremantle to the other. And they have all sorts of cool bars and restaurants and very unique things there. Like the Cappuccino Strip. Cappuccino Strips, they've got their own beer uh, collectives there. They've got a lot of history there too. You know, Fremantle was, uh, it was for the longest time just where everyone worked. But you know, now it's quite residential. Yeah, it's kind of a hippie town now. Yeah. It's got a nice vibe. It reminds me a little bit of maybe Santa Monica. Yeah. But, Santa Monica. You know, just because it's close to the water and everything yep. like that. Yeah. Yep. Perth CBD. I want to say uh, Fremantle was really a growing area for tourists to go to. Very nice. Yeah. And they had the and really nice indoor market as well. Yep. Very crowded indoor market. That. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got the market. And, you know, that's something that the CBD doesn't. You know, the CBD is more like a shopping mall. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown is like that. And it really is. It's got all of the big stores and um, a lot of people who are tourists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like a lot of big cities. Yeah. Just a downtown shopping district. But Fremantle has a lot more, I would say, character. It's got yeah. the old buildings and the, they're kind of restored uh, colonial buildings. And it, it's really definitely worth seeing. Yeah. So we'll post some pictures of that on the podcast. But we should talk about the other marsupial encounter that we had which was when we went to see the Pinnacles. That's north of Perth. So Aaron, you and I went to see the Pinnacles. What are the Pinnacles? So the Pinnacles are basically these uh, calcium carbonate deposits that got stuck in root structures a long time ago. And then for, I forget exactly the geological reason, but in any case, you know, the trees disappeared and then there basically the soil was sand yeah and, and so the sand, pillars sticking out of the ground yeah and so the sand you know was blown away and um those pillars are all that remain so it has this really crazy landscape if you ever go there or if you see pictures of it online it really is it, it's like nothing else it's like a desert and you have these large rocks sort of just, just sticking out sticking yeah. out of the ground yeah yeah it's pretty amazing and uh, we, we drove north, and there's really not much there. Once you get out of Perth, it's very uh, outback. Is that yeah. the right word? Yes, very outback. Well, we went to the beach, and the beaches are really beautiful here. The water is kind of a blue and turquoise, and the sand is very fine grain white sand. But then you get in, up into the National Park where the pinnacles are, and the sand is redder, and the, the, it's, there's more of a rocky desert looks a little bit like mars we were lucky enough to be there when all the animals came out so you have the emus and the marsupials like kangaroos and we actually had a chance to see some kangaroos in the wild which i've never seen in all my years i've never yeah. seen a kangaroo in the wild what so, was that like so we tracked a kangaroo down it was just eating plants like yeah. that was it it's easy to track them because of the sand. You can just see the, the oh, tracks yeah. there. Also, they make noises when they're eating things. Yeah, and they're whatnot. noisy. They're quite noisy. But in any case, that was, real, that was a real pleasure. We got up um, you know, probably a couple of meters away from one. Didn't really mind us there. I mean, yeah, I guess they're, they're not they're really afraid. Used, yeah, yeah, they're kind of used to things. or They just don't fear humans. 
although they should because you know they mm-hmm. turn them into like kangaroo jerky. Yeah, or I know they eat kangaroos here. I never. Oh, knew what that. a shame! You know? I know, I know. Anyway, they're friendly and they're cute too, but not as cute as the quokkas. So overall, Aiden, I would love to know what your impressions are of Western Australia. There's a lot to do here if you know where to look. So, you know, I would highly recommend anyone take a day trip to Fremantle, look around CBD, maybe go to uh, Rottnest Island, and of course do whatever you guys did. Apparently that, that thing was really cool. But, you know, a lot of people here are the most isolated city in the world and they assume nothing, but there's, there's stuff to do. For being the most isolated city in the world, we're quite close to Bali. So if you want to go do yeah. like a Bali trip and then go down to Perth, yeah. I mean, you could do that. It's only three hours. That's, they... that's funny because the thing is Bali is where all the brokies go here to have a vacation. Yeah. And uh, in the U.S., it's like a very expensive location all because of how far away it is. I know. I know. And we're going to probably make it to Bali. So we'll see and we'll report back from there. But apparently it's very beautiful. And by the way, I want to say that... When I say brokies, that, that sounds really awful. But I was talking with a, uh, an Australian friend of mine, and they're like, yeah, anyone who's not rich is a brokie. So that's okay. where like, most people go for, for brokies, their, yes. <laughs> for, okay. for their uh, vacation. Okay. My impressions of Western Australia are it's kind of a, I have a mixed reaction. Uh, it is definitely worth visiting. It should be on your bucket list. I like it a lot. But if you don't, really like hiking or you know there's some wineries south of here um, you'll, you're gonna run out of things to do pretty quickly here so we were here for a whole month and really we we ended up getting into a routine where we were going to walk over to the shopping mall every day and walking out into the park and I think um, you know you probably will get maybe a week of worth of worth of activities out of this but if you don't like going to uh, wineries, and if you don't like to hike and spend time, uh, you know, in the outdoors, you're really gonna, you know, your your options are really limited. Now we didn't make it to the northern part of uh, Western Australia, and uh, apparently they have some really neat places there that uh, they've been flooded out, so we were, weren't really able to make it on this visit. But we would love to come back and see those. So all, all in all, if you have a chance to go to Western Australia, if you can spend it's 24 hours on a plane and it's a 13 hour time difference from the east coast if you can do all those things if you've got the money to come out here if you've got the time it's worth going but there are other places that are closer and that offer more so uh, you know this is something where if you're maybe if you're going to be spending a couple of months traveling and you can hit western australia it's a good idea otherwise you know maybe go somewhere closer yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, Western Australia is quite a unique place. Um, it really is one of the most far out uh, cities in Western, in uh, not just Western Australia, in Australia and in the world. You know, it's quite isolated, much in the same way that uh, Hawaii and, and uh, you know, Honolulu is quite isolated from everywhere else. But I'd also say there are some unique experiences here, like Rottnest Island. And even, you know, the other day we were walking from uh, a park called King's Park down to the CBD. And it was like, it was kind of like walking through London. It was a very interesting walk. So you can really experience a lot of different things here. Um, 
there's the good and there's, you know, the, the less notable. I guess being in the suburbs here wasn't a good choice on our part. Yeah, so, we, we would do it differently if we had it. I think we again. would have done it differently if we could. Um, but, you know, this is kind of, you know, crying over spilled milk. Yeah. So we're lucky to have been here. I feel very lucky that I had a chance to, to yeah. be here. And also another thing here that I wanted to say, because I had read about this before, but I'm able to verify it now, is Western Australia has really good apples. <laughs> mm, yes, they do. They do. So the pink lady apples you get in Western Australia are like, un unlike anything else, if that's the only reason you travel, then definitely come here. <laughs> yes. Or you could like order them online. I don't know how that works though. <laughs> in our last podcast, we asked, what's the longest it's taken you to recover from a trip? And we had a lot of answers to that question. Lynn says, I recently returned from a 10-day trip to Europe. It took me about a week to get acclimated to East Coast time. I kept waking up at 4 a.m. and not being able to get back to sleep. Boy, I know what that's like. And I know, <laughs> I know, but I think Aiden is still jet lagging. Are you still jet lagging, Aiden? Maybe. Maybe. And he says, the most extended recovery I've ever had is flying from our home in Colorado to our home in Perth. That's right where we are. We lived there for three years. And each time going in that direction kicked my tail. It took at least 10 days to recover after adjusting to mountain time for six weeks. I always heard that it is a one-day recovery for every hour of uh, time change. I found that to be true, especially going east to west. Wow, I know exactly what that's like. You know, we, our time difference was one, I think, one less than hers because we, had, we were going from Houston, which was in the central time zone, to Perth. So for us, it was, I think, 14 hours, but for her, it would have been 15 hours. Crazy. That's mm -hmm. just a lot of... I mean, that international dateline really screws you up. Uh, and Mickey says, I lived in Japan for a year. It is 14 hours ahead of Eastern time. When I got back, it took me three weeks to get acclimated. I hadn't needed that much time on short business trips, but because my body had completely oriented itself to Tokyo time, it was protesting the difference. Uh, get it oriented itself. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, God, wait, no. You're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> no, that's a clever pun. And I mean, we're going to be in Tokyo soon. It's one of the places that you've really wanted to go see because of your fascination with Jap want Japanese to, culture. I want to eat... Um, Mochi. I want to eat uh, seal meat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> said the vegan. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot here with my sons Aaron Elliot and I'm Elliot. We're so glad that you joined us. We will see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.